inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. You are listening to Outlook on Monday morning. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Carrie. How are you doing today? We're still recording in advance, but this is the second show of April and second show in our Blind Siblings Month. So we wanted to do this series. As Brian, as listeners of the show regularly will know, Brian and I are, are siblings. And so we found um, a few other sibling pairs, and we're going to sh- introduce you to them in the month of April. Uh, quickly, first, I'm going to mention that the Canadian Federation of the Blind Convention is the 30th to May 2nd, and you can go to cfb.ca for more information and uh, sign up and find out what, what we're going to be getting up to that weekend, and it should be a lot of fun. But you are listening to Outlook on 94.9 Radio Western, and today our sibling pair are coming from Texas, Zoe and Jessica Espinoza. Hi, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. Hello. Yeah, thanks so much. Our first first guests from Texas on the show. So we're always looking to expand and get as many areas and new places as, as possible. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I've, I've been in Texas, but just in the airport in Houston. We're happy to be here. Everything you've heard about Texas is probably true. <laughs> or worse. Yeah, well, we, I thought about making this just an episode about what it's like to live in Texas, but I decided against that. Um, but I, it may come up. So yeah, what is, what is, what's, it, what's it like in Texas these days? Weather, COVID, uh, whatever you want to. It's hot um, as hell. Ooh. No, in all honesty, it's, it's, um, it, it, Texas is interesting when it comes to seasons. Um, we don't really have summer, spring, fall, and winter traditionally. We have summer and then mild summer and then sometimes obscene cold and then back to summer. Yeah, I mean, as we know, in the news just a couple of months ago, there was uh, some, some extreme weather there. How did you guys go through <laughs> that? Um, Jessica, how was that for you guys? So we were very fortunate. We lost power, but we kept water, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Um, and we got power back occasionally. Um, yeah, so lucky we really, you. you know, like, it was more like a, what do you call them? Like a, a blackout, but with little moments where it would come back on for 20 minutes and then it would go away mm-hmm. for two days and then it would come back for 20 minutes and then go away for two days. Um, so that was our snowpocalypse, but we did get to share water with the neighbors, which was great. A lot of our neighbors lost water. So my husband drives a four wheel drive Jeep and uh, I've never been more grateful for that. Normally I make fun of him, but I've never been more <sighs> grateful for that because he drove water all over the neighborhood in knee deep snow so pretty impressive um but we're i'm i'm more than grateful to uh never do that again Um, oh yeah (laughs) i would like to never have that happen again uh my my spouse and i lost uh water and heat and power for the duration of the week and Mm. after a couple days we were just like we we can't do it and so we went to go stay with uh, with my parents, with uh, me and Jessica's parents, and just kind of had a little family get together for me, my wife, and then you know our folks. 
And it was actually kind of nice, like for the last three days before our power finally came back. And even then our water didn't come back for a while later. But, um, you know, it was honestly, it was really nice because we got to go back and reconnect with the folks and just spend some time with them after it had been, you know, a, over a year or it'd been like a year since we had done anything together since, you know, uh, COVID and such. And so it was really nice to eat, you know, eat with them and hang out with them. And we watched movies, we watched some of our favorite films and, uh, you know, we watched Mulan and some other fun movies that we like. And it was, it was really nice. So, you know, it was rough and it was really hard dealing with the snow and the winter and the, the property, you know, like issues with like, you know, the, the freezing and the, the water and power loss, but you know, the family togetherness and then the community togetherness of like our neighbors bringing us water and things like that, you know, it, it had its upsides of bringing the community together and families together in fun ways. And that's kind of the type of thing that you always hope from a sit dire situation like that or, or whatever that you that's something it can bring people together and exactly you want you want people to be brought together that way as we've noticed with the pandemic and stuff it doesn't always bring everyone together but hopefully it does not to some so people, much so that's exactly and i think it yeah it depends on the it, it, it depends heavily on the, the nature of the people involved i think is a is a factor of like you know like how like like families that care about each other and things like that versus bitter political rivals and so on and so forth absolutely <laughs> so i don't like i said know much about texas jessica where do you and your husband live in uh relation to zoe and her spouse and your parents so we live in the same city. Um, Zoe lives in South Austin and I live North Austin. So we're about 25 minutes away from each other, which is great. Of course, you know, it's felt like 2,500 miles since the pandemic, but we're on our, on the road to vaccination. So fingers crossed, we'll be hanging out soon. Um, and then our parents live a little bit further out. They just, um, bought a house a little bit further out in the hill country in a little town called Driftwood. Um, which is about, what would you say, Zoe, like 50 minutes to an hour? From uh, like where, for, from where we are? From where we are, from where, from, from where, where you I am, are, it's yes. about an hour. From where you are, it would be about an hour. So yeah, mm -hmm. from, for me, it's, it's a little closer to like 45, like 30 to 45 minutes, pending how bad traffic is. So we're, we're a local family. And in Texas, that's, that's pretty close together. Like all things considered like driving. It's like borrow a cup of sugar hours. close. Yeah, that's pretty common for, for us. Like our. We're, we're used to distances being a little bigger than they are for people in other states because Texas is one of the bigger ones. Right. So, so both of you grew up um, not in Austin, though, as, uh, when you were children growing up? Kind of. Or you we were born Austin? in Austin yeah. and then moved just outside of it uh, to uh, a little town called Buda, and we, we grew up there. Which beauty is not so little anymore. They've got a hot yoga it's, studio now. They've got right? a, yeah, a that, farmer's that market. movie theater. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's every They're small, really trying. Every small area, town or city you think you grow up and it's like, oh, this is such a small place. And then it's, it's the same with us uh, with Woodstock, I think, where Carrie lives right now. It's back in the day. It's and then you keep going. You, you move away and you come back to visit and you're like, wow, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Is this even the same place? So. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I feel like one day, Jessica, you and I are going to come back to Buda and there's going to be like a mall on Main Street where like the Buda grocery used to be or something but like it just there it better not like be. <laughs> I will, I'll cry a little on the inside if there is, but I do see, well, I'll cry and then I'll see if they have a Forever 21, but I will cry. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, you guys sound like a lot of fun and, and you guys do in a lot of ways remind me of, of Brian and myself. And, um, I guess we're going to try and use names so that we can know who to talk next, but cause it can't, I realize it can get uh, confusing, but, uh, so, uh, 
Zoe, you want to tell us maybe, going back to you guys' childhood, as we sort of touched on that, um, you guys, you, you said you're about 18 months apart, and Jessica, you're older, right? Yes, barely. Although I am also shorter and have a smaller voice and a less commanding presence, so Zoe so always everyone gets thinks mistaken I'm the older for older. One. Always. Yep. <laughs> every one of us thinks, everyone thinks I'm the the older sibling whenever we're together. It's it's pretty funny because, yeah, she is smaller than me in like every way possible. I think, Carrie, some people have thought you were younger than me, maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think so. I think so, yeah. I assumed based on the voices. <laughs> I'm definitely not. I'm not a big guy. I'm actually really scrawny, but uh, yeah, and my voice is definitely. I assume that based on the voice too. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all try to. We all think we we can kind of guess. We start after all these years with um, blindness and stuff. You think you can maybe sort of guess those sort of details sometimes when you li- listen to somebody, but it's true. You really can though. Like li- you really do start to feel like you get this sense of like, Oh, what is this person's like height or build a little bit just based on their voice and things like that. And I'll admit, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I'm judgy. I'm a, I'm a little judgy <laughs> when it comes to voices. Pandemic has made you snobby. Cause all you can hear is voices in the zoom now. So- I know. Right. Yeah, exactly. I just, I, I, I like, yeah, exactly. I have lofty voice standards. Yo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I kind of do too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Zoe, what, what was your condition when you guys were born? Like, I mean, Jessica, I guess, is older, but when did your parents sort of notice things? And, and the fact that it's I, two siblings who are blind, it's, it's you know, it's more unique. than It is. It is. You're absolutely right. And it's kind of funny. Um, our condition, uh, LCA, or Lieber's congenital amaurosis, it's a retinal condition. Um, I think it was noticed pretty quickly in terms of like they noticed there was something not right, but they had a really hard time figuring out what it was for a long time. Uh, they thought it was optic nerve related. And honestly, even we did for the longest time until I, um, and they just called it an optic nerve thing and said we couldn't really do anything about it. Um, you know, there wasn't really anything to be done. And so for the longest time, we wrote it off as an optic nerve thing. And I only recently double checked into it with an eye doctor and got checked up again on and found out that yeah no we do have lca which means it is in fact retinal and not you know optic nerve like like the doctor said but they tried all sorts of weird stuff to cure you know it when we were younger tried all sorts of interesting little home remedies and such to you know doctors did my parents of course just wanted to do anything they could to try and help and they found doctors with all sorts of interesting ideas on what could fix blindness everything from what, what was that god's awful tea we had to Ooh, drink hey fed. i loved it you do not diss the chrysanthemum tea the chrysanthemum, the chrysanthemum tea, tea that's what it was it was I tell amazing you what, <laughs> i tell you what my 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 partner brought home some chrysanthemum tea recently and i or she, oh she, she brewed god. some and i I'm, yeah i smelled it immediately like oh my god am i gonna have to take a little dot like candy pill medicine too next because it yeah. just reminded me of childhood and these ridiculous uh, blindness homeopathic cures that these doctors foisted on our poor parents who were just trying to help. <laughs> Although, to their credit, I it, it fostered a lifelong love of tea. I now have, you know, I can't start my morning without a cup of tea. Um, and, and the smell of chrysanthemum still of, makes me feel pills, good. So I, there you go. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Yeah, and I knew I knew you love tea, Jessica, because I've followed you guys. Um, I've, we've been friends on Facebook for quite a while, and I was trying to think the other day about how that even started and like where I. It was a while back in Nanorimo in the group in Nanorimo Facebook group. That's where I met you. Really? Huh. Yes. I blocked that out. <laughs> yep, and, and 
I met you through Jessica because when mm-hmm. I was working on my book, you uh, she connected me with you for like interviewing stuff. Yeah, that um, I remember. <laughs> yep. So that that's how I know you is uh, through mm-hmm. Jessica, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Carrie's been the one who's always told me about you guys, and you know, it's so great that we we finally connecting here. And, uh, and yeah, that's cool. So, I don't want to creep on you, but your voice sounds exactly like I thought it would, Carrie. Like you sound really? exactly like I think you would. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she does, doesn't she? Though Speaking mm-hmm. of voices, yeah, yeah. No, I kind of like. I totally get what you mean. When I heard her, I was like, "Oh, that's got to be Carrie." I know that's definitely of the two. Well, I mean, I heard two people. One was a dude, so I'm like, "Okay, that's probably not Carrie." But fifty-fifty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it definitely. When I heard Carrie, I was like, "Yeah, that definitely sounds uh, like I imagined Carrie would." Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I like that. Um, Quiet and thoughtful. I imagine her as a contemplative person, and like- yeah, she. She has this thoughtful manner about her voice. It's like it's not overbearing and loud, but you can tell she picks her words carefully. Right. Yeah, thinks, I, 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 think I have headaches. I, I do, yes, but I get headaches. So the idea of always talking really loud just sounds like so. <laughs> so we won't be inviting her to Christmas dinner. <laughs> yeah, basically never well. meet our family then because it's loud. It's we are my my family, uh, me and Jessica's family, you know, we're uh, from from Mexico originally. And uh, of all this, I don't I guess I don't know how much this like humor will scan for Canadian audiences. But of all these stereotypes that there are in Texas about big, loud Mexican families and parties, our family breaks exactly none of those stereotypes. Yeah, they're they're all true. Insane <laughs> and loud and crazy and it's awesome and we love it. But yeah, that would probably be a headache nightmare for you. <laughs> well, once our family gets together, we can get pretty loud too, especially when we're in our parents' uh, condo thing that's all echoey. <laughs> when I first brought my husband Adam to meet the family, you know, for Thanksgiving, we've been dating for a while, and I okay, it's it's time, you know. Um, about what would you say, Zoe? Like twenty minutes, and he's running out onto the porch with the dogs to close oh, yeah, the door as fast go, as he like, can. <laughs> <laughs> he had to just go lurk on the porch because the it's amount of people combined noise. into one space was just too much. I mean, we have like over fifty people in like a very small space with like three TVs all at full volume playing different programs, competing for attention, basically. Like, and everybody has dogs. Everyone has <laughs> dogs and crying babies, and there's music playing also. For some reason, because we don't have enough background ambiance, I guess. And and my and, husband is very easily overloaded, and so he was just like, goodbye. Yeah. And my, my spouse is on the autism spectrum, so loud noises and intense visual and auditory stimuli are like a big no. So like she, she can come in. It, it, it's like going, for her, it's like going underwater. Like you hold your breath, you dive in for as long as you can, and then you jump out on the porch to get a breath of air for a while. So maybe later we can revisit where we picked up these easily overstimulated people and brought them into our orbit. <laughs> right? <laughs> because we each found like we, we picked the people who were least equipped to handle loud parties and environments and then introduced them to the kind of chaos that our family creates. And I love it. Wow. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if we could speak to your, your spouses right now, that would be fun to get their side of it. But... That's oh, a lot we'll of people on a Zoom call. Another time, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. One day we'll do that. <laughs> One Zoom can handle it. So we were talking a little bit about um, your growing up and past. So maybe, perhaps, Jessica, could you talk a little bit more about um, your childhoods growing up and what your family was like, whether the, both of you have any other siblings, um, just a little bit about growing up and, and what that was like. 
Well, I'm fairly sure that if we had had another sibling, they would have had some kind of like radioactive spider powers because we are statistical anomalies. Um, when they found out that I had our visual condition, they said, oh, well, this is, you know, whatever, but there's no way, no statistical way that your second child will have it. So just, you know, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Well, here comes Zoe. Um, <laughs> Same so condition. I'm, I won the crap lottery. So I'm thoroughly convinced that if, if my parents had tried for a, a third sibling, that they would have come out, I don't know, shooting webs or, or tall buildings in a single bound, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, so, so it's just us, just us two. Um, and like Zoe said, for the longest time, the, our, our condition sort of labeled with a misnomer of sort of a catch-all phrase of optic nerve disorder. You know, that, that covers a multitude of sins. There's, there's a lot of optic nerve disorders. Um, mm-hmm. And it usually and it is, it wasn't even optic nerve related. <laughs> yeah, it's usually an ophthalmological slang for I haven't got a clue. Um, so it wasn't until I, uh, it wasn't until Zoe reached out to her eye doctor. And then I went to a, um, uh, I got at my work, I worked for a center training people who are blind um, sort of like an NFB center, but we're not NFB affiliated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, uh, I went and got genetically tested. I was like, oh yeah, you, you totally have Leber's congenital amaurosis. Okay. Well, good to know. <laughs> kind of like, with yeah, like how they tested you. the way the doctor experience. tested me was like gripping my eye and pulling it down till she could look at my retina. Oh yeah. I just had to spit in a cup. I lucked out. Yeah. I like how they <laughs> tested you. That sounds fun. I can spit in cups, <laughs> but, but the, uh, so it's, it's really interesting, like, um, because, you know, when you're growing up as somebody who's blind, you're, lear- you're taught how to explain your condition to others. And when you're in your early 30s and realize you've been explaining it wrong the whole time, it's a little awkward. <laughs> yeah. Well, I figure I've already been explaining my gender wrong to people for like 29 years. I figure the blindness thing, that seems logical too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all about adapting. Like, oh, while you're processing this one thing, I got another truth bomb. To I got another on. one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, we I'm really, we really blind. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we have a real, also, you know, luckily have super supportive family. You know, our, you know, it's our, us and our mom and dad. And then, of course, we have a big extended family. But they're also super they're they've always been super supportive of us and they always made sure that we you know got into school and were in you know uh had like braille and resources available to us to ensure that we could like you know make sure that we were ahead of the game you know versus the other students because it's you know you know how it is when you're disabled like sometimes you have to be ahead of the game to seem like you're you know even just caught up with the pack sometimes just the way people look at you and so jessica and i were both really avid you know readers and things like that pretty early on because both of our family or both of our parents just really encouraged education and things like that. So that was always a big priority for us, but we've, we, I, I think are very lucky and had like super supportive family when it comes to how they dealt with our blindness rather than like sheltering us or keeping us away from things or whatever. They're like, no, we just need to get you out there more and harder. So you're more used to it basically, which was a good approach. Yeah. That's always so important. And it's, it's a similarity between for, for us, I think with our parents that they were always so supportive and ahead of the game, like you were saying, and our mom learned Braille, you know, when I learned it from my mom, just the alphabet before I started kindergarten. So, oh, that's cool. And not, not everyone, not everyone has that. And it's, it's, uh, like you say, it is, it is lucky. And I, I consider Carrie and I lucky. And it sounds like you, you both were very lucky to have that growing up because it can be. Oh, I think so. Very much so. We are. The other little thing I just want to point out so far is, uh, Carrie and I also have LCA, Lieber's congenital amaurosis, and the other oh, two blind the, club. the other two blind <laughs> siblings um, that we've had on first this month also have LCA. So I've we've Carrie Carrie you you've maybe know a little bit more about that than me, but it is common I think 
Not that we know a ton of blind siblings, but generally speaking, when there's two, at least two blind mm -hmm. children in the family, th the condition is LCA in a lot of cases, I think. Which is really funny because, and you're totally right, because I, uh, like Jessica was saying, you know, when the doctors, you know, saw her with the condition, they told my family like, oh, don't worry that the odds of you having another kid with the same condition are just astronomical. It's never going to happen. And then, you know, I happened. And so we were, uh, you know, later on, I was looking into this and my, my, my partner, Kelsey, uh, she looked into this uh, and looked at the stats and yeah, the stats for a second child having LCA after a first has it are really high. Like it's a one, in, I think it was like less than one in four. It was a really, like really reasonable chance of it happening. And like, so, so I'm like, I don't know, either new information came to light since the doctors knew anything about what we had, or like they were just completely spitballing out and you know, just totally out in the weeds somewhere on that one. Because like, yeah, they were they were dead. All the information they told my parents when we were little was way off. They're like, it's optic nerve related. Your second kid won't have it. Turns out you look at it 30 years later. And it's like, hey, it's not not only is it not optic nerve related, but actually, yeah, one in every group of siblings, if a group of siblings has a blindness, it's going to be this one, basically. So they, they were dead wrong. They couldn't have been and more wrong. And chrysanthemum tea is delicious. And that was the only thing they got right. Delicious, but does not cure blindness. <laughs> cure blindness. Incidentally, <laughs> incidentally, of all of its delightful properties, of which there are many. It doesn't cure blindness, but every time I hear it, I love it because I think of uh, Anna Green Gables. Spelled. That's <laughs> I was obsessed with those books. Oh my gosh, Zoe could tell you stories. I was obsessed <laughs> yes, I with could. Anna Green Gables. Oh yeah, she loved that. She absolutely loved it. Yeah, so does yeah, Karen. I do. Growing up in Canada, I, I used to think that it was it was just so, sort of locked in in Canada that no no one else knew. And then I found like the Japanese love Anna Green Gables. They come on like. <laughs> they come on these these pilgrimage pilgrimages to PEI to see. No to way. Sail, so <laughs> oh, that's kind of wow. like how people go to see. Uh, they go to like have the uh, uh, what's it called the Grand Hotel um, and like go visit it for like movie and they have like a movie night and everything for that one movie. Um, uh, what is that movie called? That is it, it involves like this that guy going back in time to see the girl who was like the subject of a, a portrait that he saw and like he falls in love with her and like. People love this movie. It's a, it became like a classic, like a cult classic. And people go to this, the Grand Hotel, like every year to like watch this film. And like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it just, it's like a pilgrimage people make because they love this movie so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just, I love the word chrysanthemum. <laughs> but. Yeah. Chrysanthemum is a great word also. Yeah. So uh, about your blindness, guys. Uh, so Jessica, how much do you see if, or if, if anything? I don't these days. <laughs> um, so it's, these days, I, so it, I, I, I used to have a little. Now I, I got squat. <laughs> um, so it's it's definitely a thing that happens. So you know, when I by the time I got to the training center where I worked, uh, I just moved to a new role. So by the time I got to the training center where I worked, um, they had us all wearing blindfolds. You know, and I was mm -hmm. like, oh wow, by this stage in my life, I no longer need the blindfold because I don't even have. You know, I don't have, they even say, oh, we're a, we're a blindfold if you've got motion perception. We're a blind, I got, well. <laughs> um, yeah, even if you have light perception, there's still like, oh, we're a blindfold for this immersion training for yeah. blindness stuff. And then it's like, well, you don't even need that anymore. Really, well, and for you? me, I was like, oh, well, um, the ship sails, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nature took so, care of the blindfold for you. I got this. I, I always tell my students, I, uh, the universe blindfolded me for your convenience. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, it just means we're uh, naturally gifted at pinatas. <laughs> I mean, she says that. 
But I remember her getting hit in the head a lot. I distinctly do. <laughs> hey, I never could plan on the backswing of those stupid, like, animal things. Paper mache. What are they made of? I don't know. They're full of candy. And They're paper mache sticks. with Whatever they are. I never like, like the backswing on those little things. So how about you, Zoe? Did you, Zoe, uh, you got anything left? <laughs> um, Vision-wise, no. Um, I started out. I think I started out probably with actually probably a little bit better vision than Jessica. Like, I, if I had to guess, just because I was able to do stuff a little bit like like play video games and stuff by sight at first a little bit. Um, and so I think I probably had a little bit more functional vision. We never actually had that tested to see like which one of us had more because it didn't really matter. You know, they were they were both pretty useless. We still had to read Braille and everything. And all that. Anyway, we, could, we still, still got tested as well. no functional vision. <laughs> exactly, right. it was still below like like the point where even numeric value wasn't even relevant anymore. Like past that twenty slash eight hundred point where it's not even numerically relevant anymore. But um, so I started out with a little bit more, so I could see enough to like play games and such. But I started noticing it deteriorating, especially when I would go back and play childhood games that I liked and I couldn't see them anymore. And yeah, basically now nothing. I went to the eye doctor just the other day, and yeah, I was flicking lights in my eyes, you know waving his hand in front of it i yeah i've got pretty much nothing at this point <laughs> yeah usually with lca and sort of related conditions it does it does decrease as you get older well it's interesting yeah, I that's mean, what that's what it sure seems like yeah. i'm not mm-hmm. um i'm not too too old yet but my my vision has always been the same since i was born and when i say vision i mean light perception and a, like a little bit of motion mm-hmm. and shadows i'd have to wear some globs occasionally i'd, I'd yes. probably have to wear a blindfold <laughs> if i was in your training because uh I do. Ha- I do see like a little bit of shadow when I'm walking, and I think that that maybe helps a tiny bit. But but for all all uh, purposes, I don't. Yeah. I don't see. At my school, you'd have to wear a blindfold. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. It's like it's too much. Still, I I used to rely on that so I could see like a little like motion blur of like oh here's what is kind of a sidewalk and what is kind of grass. I think. Yeah. And like I could do that, but like yeah, now I can't even. And I, as long as like hug the edge of it, I could like distinctly tell in the right lighting which one was which. Now it's like, no, this is ground. I'm 100% sure this is ground, but that's about it. <laughs> so you you, you, have, you have seen colors, Zoe, or not? No, no colors. Okay. okay. okay Me so, either. Right. So yeah. so yeah, you guys were both closer to, to my um, level of blindness, I guess. And Carrie used to be able to see a bit more because Carrie, you could see yeah, his I colors. Used, and... I, I used to read oh, large really? print and see colors. So it yeah, has to, dec- it's declined quite a bit because, and I, I, the way I can tell that it's got, well, one way I can tell it's gotten worse, the way you look over things years later and it seems so gradual that you almost don't notice. But then mm-hmm. in the next, the next minute I, I tried to watch like a Simpsons episode where, which one I've seen, you know, hundreds of times probably. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just couldn't, uh, there was no point in me even looking at the screen anymore. I couldn't see. Oh yeah. Colors or no, the I totally get you. I had a, a moment like that. I tried to play uh, Spyro the dragon and I tried to make a jump that I always make in that game. And I've never missed that jump before in my life. And I just completely ate it. And I was like, yep, nope. I'm way more blind than I was at age seven. Hmm. Yeah. that's how people can tell. Yep. <laughs> that's one way to do it. Otherwise the doctor has to reach into my eye with her fingers and pull it down and check out <laughs> my retina <laughs> you, you really <laughs> must stop <laughs> but i won't yeah just touching back on that like the you know deterioration of vision i think like for both of us it was just it was so gradual over the years i just assumed it was and i don't know if you were the same jess but i assumed it was stable uh like just for years just because i never it was so gradual i never really compared it to anything but it wasn't it wasn't until i tried something i used to try that i was like oh wow this is or i used to do that i was like wow this is not actually the same as it used to be mm-hmm. so for me i had so little that mm-hmm. until so little became nothing 
it was, you know, it, it didn't really, how do I put this? It didn't really crash for me the way that people yeah. say it does, you know, because hmm. there was just so little anyway. Right. Yeah. You if know? you were, if you were really young when that, when that kind of happened, um, cause for me, you know, I've lived, you know, 34 years now with this amount of vision. So it, it would, I think it would be an interesting adjustment for me if I, if I were to lose it and I'm hoping mm-hmm. it doesn't happen, but. Yeah, if you lose it from stable to nothing, I think that would be a lot more jarring than like the gradual decline we both right. had where it was like so slow we didn't notice till it was gone, you know? I think I prefer the way we lost it, honestly. You're listening to Outlook here today on Radio Western. We're speaking with Zoe and Jessica Espinoza from Texas, two blind siblings on our Siblings Month specials. And we're going to take a quick break for some promos and we'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Outlook on 94.9 Radio Western or on podcast services. And we are speaking today for our sibling series month with Jessica and Zoe Espinoza, two siblings from Texas. And we've talked about a lot in the first half hour, but we uh, let's see what else we can get into here. <laughs> um, so we were talking before about when we first met or connected, I guess, never met in person. Uh, and, and when we first connected, I met Jessica first, and then I met you, Zoe, but you were Michael then, right? That's correct, yes. So we, we want to try and talk more about all the different intersectionalities and things on this show, and we haven't really talked about this one that much. Uh, so I don't know, what, what do you want us to know about it, or, or, your, or the listeners, or, or what, what has stood out most for you in this journey you've sort of been on with all that? Sure. Um, so yeah, uh, I was born uh, as uh, I was born and named Michael, and I was uh, male and raised as male. And um, for a long time, I found myself really just kind of at a disconnect with my my gender and identity therein. And like I was, you know, there were many things I enjoyed, you know, growing up, and many things that like I kind of wished I could experience that just but that were just kind of gender locked by societal norms, you know, away from me. And, you know, there were a lot of times where, yeah, I just didn't feel at, you know, I, I felt at odds with like the, the gender identity that had basically been given to me by, by society, by, you know, like the norms and the uh, um, kind of expectations that, you know, we have there that, that are put on people by way of like our, our society's gender structure. Um, anywho, all that to say, eventually I uh, found, I, I don't know really the best way to describe it. Um, in terms of like what I, how I came to be where I am now, but basically I, I came out um, as transgender, uh, as, as non-binary initially, but I'm just leaning more heavily towards just overtly uh, female at this point. Um, and I had been out, the first person I came out to about it was my uh, now wife, who was at the time just a friend of mine. Um, we And we started dating and then, you know, got married and all that. But anyway, she was the first one I came out to and that was about five or six years ago. And then I only came out to everybody else and the, uh, like, and I came out to a few other people, you know, that I could trust closely. Like of course my sister and, um, you know, some close coworkers and things like that, but I only came out publicly, you know, to everyone and to, uh, it just openly as of last year, uh, on March 5th last year, five days before my birthday. So it's only been a little bit over a year that I've been totally open about it, but I've been, identifying as female and identifying as Zoe um, rather than Michael for uh, a good several years now. And the, the name is one that I feel very strongly about and the gender uh, association is, yeah, it's definitely led me to a lot more personal comfort and, you know, just peace than I, and being at peace with myself 
than I was before, you know, before just trying to be Michael and trying to be a guy and just realizing like, Hey, I'm it's, you know, what, what I guess what I finally realized is there wasn't anything wrong with me. I was just trying to play the wrong part. And I finally found the part that actually fit me. And, you know, so that it, it's been a cool experience. And, uh, Jessica was very instrumental in that very supportive of me and like, you know, letting me confide in her and discuss stuff with her. And then she was ultimately the one who, with my encouragement, uh, because I wanted to come out to my parents, but I was very nervous about doing so. And so she actually was very helpful in coming out to my parents and that she went and, you know, told them for me because I was afraid to do so. And so she has been super supportive throughout and always been like the one I could count on, you know, and to be like, you know, Hey, I having these issues or thinking these things and I need, you know, some, someone to talk them out with and support me and whatnot. And so, yeah, she's always been, always been there and always been super supportive about it. And so as of course my spouse and, you know, now my family and friends and such. And so Jessica, what was that? What do you recall from sort of those times or, or what it was like when you had a brother, Michael, and now you, you know, your sibling, Zoe, what was sort of, sounds like you were greatly supportive, but. Well, what's interesting is that we were at each other's throats when we were kids. We fought <laughs> continually, like, Constantly. like cats and dogs. It was embarrassing, you know, like just <laughs> fought and fought and fought. And then the second one of us moved out of the house, we got thick as thieves, like super close friends. So oh, yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's been so wonderful to sort of follow the trajectory of Zoe starting you know, <coughs> of growing into Zoe. Cause you know, as, as not only are you growing into your, your identity, but you're also growing into who you are as an adult. So I've known you exactly. since day one, you know? And so now <coughs> you're, you know, you're growing into an adult, a separate you know, a completely separate person and you are growing into this new identity and it's just really wonderful. Um, I get along with Zoe a lot better. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I, I I feel like I do too. Like I Uh, like Zoe more. Like uh, I like me more having found like this part of myself that I'm more at peace with. I have no need to start needless conflict at this point. And that's nice. And you know, like, it's great, but like, yeah, like we were, like we always stuck up for each other and like would look out for each other growing up. But like, yeah, we were, we were like the siblings, like no one messes with my sibling, but me, but like, Oh my God, we were we were very typical siblings. Like, yeah, exactly. But we got so close. Like when, yeah, when she left for college and then when I came out to her and like all that, and we knew we had things we could share with each other that we could always trust each other with and talk to each other about. And I think that was so good for us and also one thing i think is just really great is that we've always referred to each other as i don't know why it's stuck but like we always call each other our sibling like rather than saying brother sister whatever we always seem to say sibling Mm -hmm. and so like when i came out as zoe and identify as female she didn't have to really get used to saying sister instead of brother or anything like that because we still just say sibling like we already had a gender neutral term for it that was just hard-coded into our vocabulary for some reason Right. It's like how, like your example, or just a lot of people, I think these days are doing, they're calling their partner or partner or spouse rather than husband and wife, just for whatever reason, lots of reasons, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's also important just, you know, someone identifying how they, how they feel and how they want to be and, and not being judged by any society stuff. And obviously that's, that can be tricky. People are very judgmental out there. Exactly. Because we still live in society. So it's like society is still going to do its thing. And that's really the big issue. You know, people asked 
me, they asked my parents, but mostly, you know, they asked me like, was it, was it difficult? And, you know, was it hard? Did you have a hard time adjusting? I was like, no, no not with Zoe. Zoe's fine. It's mm-hmm. the rest of you people. Right. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, I have exactly. had a really like, hard time. Getting, people have the problem. I've had a really hard time, like dialing back the, 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 the claws, you know, the protective, did you just say that about my, you know, like it's right. <laughs> so, um, and that's not good either. You know, that's not a healthy way to treat someone either. So I've been really trying to like find that balance. But I just want to celebrate and hang out with you and not yeah, constantly exactly. be like, Hey, that, that person over there is making weird eyes at you. I'm going to go yell at them, you know? Like, <laughs> right. Well, I'd rather have the protective sibling than like someone who didn't care or didn't accept, you know, who I was like I, I an over, <laughs> You know, a sibling who's concerned about my well-being is definitely a more favorable companion than one who would be like, oh, I don't want to know my transgender sibling anymore or some crazy crap like that. You know, like, I, I definitely think that's a better problem to have on our end. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sure. the case in, in all of those situations generally is, is that it's, it's not the it's not being blind or or being transgender or whatever it may be. That's the issue. It's, it's the, it's the society and people's reactions to it and just people not being comfortable with it. And that's just because people aren't familiar with it, but that's not, that's no excuse. You mm-hmm. know, it's, uh, it's, it's, not, it's interesting to think about for sure. Exactly. And weird segue here. And I promise I'll keep this one brief, but you reminded me in just this whole conversation, have either of you seen the show, the dragon prince? It's an animated show on Netflix. No, I'm not, still stuck on. I'm still, I'm still stuck on Mike Tyson's solving Histories? mysteries. Yeah. Yes, I love that. That was amazing. Oh, I love that show. Oh, I've been meaning to the watch that because so I know our good. brother recommended Dude, that one. But it's yeah. so good, and like Norm Macdonald plays a talking pigeon, and it's legit yeah. so funny. But anyway, the reason I bring up Dragon Prince is there's this really beautiful sequence where there's this character who has a pet wolf, and she tells our characters about uh, you know our protagonist about a healer on the top of this mountain that they need to go find. So they go and they quest for this healer and uh, the girl says you know when i was little i saved this wolf and she had lost her her leg in a trap and my family said we needed to put her down because she'd never be able to run with her pack again and all of that because they leave her and they leave her behind and so i found this healer and she you know gave her a new leg and you know all that so they go and find this healer but then the healer reveals that she wasn't a healer she's actually only an illusionist and she realized she pointed out that like the wolf she disappears the wolf's leg and the wolf never had a new leg, you know, all along. It was a completely illusory. And she said, the, I forget what the wolf's name was, but she said, you know, she didn't need the leg to be happy. The rest of you did. And that always snuck with me after I saw that. It gave me like just a really profound reaction of like the disability wasn't the problem. The problem was the way other people were handling it and the expectations they set on the wolf that it would be left behind. The pack wouldn't accept it. It couldn't keep up. It couldn't hunt, et cetera. Those were the problems. And when they saw it as having a leg, even though it actually didn't still like then it was good to go and they were they weren't worried about it anymore but she like she said you know the leg wasn't it didn't need it to be happy other people needed that yeah that's that's, well yeah that's a great example uh, that that makes a lot yeah i just thought it was a very profound piece of narrative and that's why i love stories because they have so many so much of that absolutely and it's made until you did uh avatar the last airbender and so it's yeah it's it's really good writing There's just so much on Netflix. It's just hard to sift through it all. It's choice confusion. Oh my right? gosh. It's choice it's... paralysis. Uh, Kelsey and I just finished Two Broke Girls, and now we're really struggling <gasps> on what we're going to watch next because I love Two Broke Girls so much. That but... was Monday nights. Remember in the summer? Yes, every Monday, you and me and mom and dad would watch Two Broke Girls, and 
we'd watch Jeopardy first and then the news for an hour and then two broke girls. And it, like, it, that was our Monday night. Yeah, I saw some some Jeopardy posts on, uh, I forget whose newsfeed, one of your Facebook pages. And it made me think of Carrie and I, too, because we, we used to watch Jeopardy a lot growing up. And it was something that we, we both Oh, loved yeah, too, we so. loved it. We had it on our, our DVR back when that was still, like, you know, the hot new thing to get attached to your cable box. And we would record two episodes of Jeopardy every day so we could watch them when we came home from school. I mean, I would think I, I would think that there was a time, probably at least, when we watched Jeopardy with our family and our parents specifically. But I really don't think we could have ever got my dad to watch Two Broke Girls, and probably not my mom either. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, my too. mom and dad they loved it. We'd watch that. My my parents and I like and Jessica like we'd watch South Park and Family Guy together. Like we we our family has a fun sense of humor, so we we're always pretty good with nice. like they love Two Broke Girls. Like my mom and dad watched it with with us from the beginning carrie and i did definitely watch south park a lot but not with our parents <laughs> they weren't huge <laughs> but uh although it's funny the vulgarity of things never never got to us it was and zoe you might back me up on this when audio describe first started being a thing and you'd be sitting there with the folks on audio describe and a saucy scene would come on and you're like oh my god, oh god my mom's two that. feet away like, and it's yeah, exactly. It I hate, it's already it's already awkward enough watching like an R-rated scene in a movie when your parents are in the room. It's worse when you have descriptive audio <laughs> telling you what the two characters are doing on screen, and you're like, "Oh my god!" At least when I was blind and not aware of what was happening, I could pretend this wasn't as uncomfortable as it was. But no, my parents are two feet away. You know. <laughs> and now I know, and I and I hate it. <laughs> like we need oh. like a, a quick toggle for audio descriptions. Like, can we please just toggle it off? during the love scene so that way we don't have to know exactly what's happening in excruciating detail because movie nights were always a, a big staple at our house oh like yeah Friday family loved movie watching. nights i remember we'd go to blockbuster back when that was still culturally relevant and oh, yeah. like get movies i would pick up a video game and like you know so we get something the whole family would watch we'd get something the folks would watch together like the parents would want a, a movie for them like uh maybe a i don't know action movie or something that like you know, or a thriller that was too old for us kids at the time when we were little. And then my dad and I would get a Jackie Chan movie or something to watch. And so like movie night was like a big thing for us. And what about animals growing up? Did you guys have animals at at home with your, when you live with your parents, Jessica, you have a guide dog now, right? I do. Um, But my, my mother is, she has the most wonderful heart for dogs. Um, She will always have a rescue every single time. And she will always pick, the one that nobody else will pick and fall because madly. Because it's usually ugly as hell. <laughs> and no, they're not. They're, they're uniquely beautiful. And so we had always teeny tiny little chihuahuas um, mm. that were like really like they could fit between both of your cupped hands when they were little bitty. And then they get a little bit bigger and, you know, and they may it. sit on your lap, you know, but Oh my gosh. We I think our biggest chihuahuas. one of what four pounds of Chihuahua was like our fattest little Chihuahua was still only like four pounds. Yeah. But yeah, we grew up with those little guys. 17 <laughs> years we had them. Mm-hmm. And then we had briefly a black uh, chocolate lab called Chance. Uh, he was but a he sweetheart. Was, he was wonderful, but he got hit by a car. Um, that happened they, to us a few times with our dogs. Mm, oh, it's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was terrible. But yeah, we love animals so much. And we both have houses full of it. Well, you have the guide dog in your house. And we have in my uh, wife's in my house, we have four, uh, three cats and my wife's service dog. Yeah, I was going to ask about other animals because I figured, you know, for, for us growing up, it was always just dogs. We'd never had cats or anything. So when you were growing up with your parents and stuff, did you have 
just the dogs or did you have cats or anything else then too we didn't have cats but we had we had how many birds did you have jess Oh my God! Let's let's Was not it like even okay, three or so five see. birds. Hang on, no, I'm counting the one that got let out. Okay, the and... one mom let out, the one mom killed with the vacuum um, by accident, the one mom killed with something else by accident. Six. That's at least we had three six birds. Birds, because we always bought them in pairs so that you could have one too. Yeah, and then uh, mom kept happening all over them, and the birds. Oh kept... no! It's it <laughs> no. One birds. of them got out. It wasn't even her fault, but like one of them escaped, and so we had birds. Um, no, she she was really good with pets. She, my mom helped me reclaim and rescue my gerbils when they escaped on their own. Oh yes, so two gerbils, gerbils, Jill for and a few Alice. Years. They would sneak out and get into the washing machine. That's where they wanted At to go. Two a.m. In the same room. Talk yeah, it wasn't in the same room. Wasn't in easy to get to. You had to cross, go out uh, out of the cage first off, which involved jumping a clear foot, getting through some me- wire mesh, jumping down three feet, scurrying across a room, under a door, down a hallway, around a corner, under another door, behind an appliance, up a small hose, into a duct, and then you're in the damn washing machine as a gerbil, apparently. And that's where they wanted to end up at uh, two in the morning, consistently. Quite the journey. Uh, yeah, this was not a a once yeah. you know once kind of thing. This was like a once a week kind. Of this thing. is like a once weekly kind of thing. Yeah, and. <laughs> So there was two gerbils for a while, and then I had a fish, uh, had some frogs, um, turtles. Um, but yeah, two now, white mice for a semester. You did have two white mice for a semester. They escaped as bad as my gerbils did. Yes, uh, mice. Uh, we, we were had, outsmarted I, by rodents consistently. Constantly, it, it does not speak to us well. Um, it does not. But they, uh, my American school AP system. C- what up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> y'all Canadians can make fun of us all the way to the bank. Exactly. Um, but, <laughs> But I was taking AP psychology in high school and my psychology teacher um, was the sort who didn't like to sugarcoat things. So she informed all of the students that she thought would be soft hearted that if we did not take the experimental mice home post haste, she would feed them to her snake. So me being me immediately burst into tears, run to my mom, please, can we take the two mice home, please, you know. And uh, so that's how we ended up with two mice that my mom didn't want. What was great is by the time I got into that class two years later, that same psych class, I we'd had enough of your mice, and so I'm just like, I'm gonna feed them my snake. I'm like, can I watch, please? Make sure they're dead. I don't want anything to do with these mice. We were overfed on white mice by the time. We're pretty much done. So I'll feed them my snake. We don't take them home. Oh, gee, promise, really. Oh, of course, Zoe picked up the callousness. Um, I did not. I got none. I have, I have a puddle where my heart should be. <laughs> well, I still cry every time I watch Mulan. So I'm not like like I can be that way. Like You're not made words, of stone. But then when like stuff happens and then suddenly I melt, right, like there are just things certain things that, that hit yeah. me. Yeah, exactly. Certain triggers, like certain things, like. Every time Mulan sings her little song about how she wants to, like, you know, be someone, like, good enough for her family, then I, like, I just cry immediately. <laughs> so, But those mice can die. Like, that's fine. I don't care. <laughs> but we had, a, we had a lot of, of unorthodox pets. Um, yeah, we had, but, some, we had a whole bunch of interesting pets. Um, so uh, so you've, never, you've never considered a guide pony, then? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would only get a guide pony if I could ride it, and it doesn't sound like you get to ride them. And I'm like, I want no. it, like it, it can't. It could be a guide pony and a ride pony. Not the miniature ones, I don't think. 
I don't think so either. And I'm not a miniature Zoe. Would so you keep it really... on the balcony like two broke girls? Wouldn't you keep yes, the guy keep, pony I'll on the balcony? Chestnut. Yeah, like chestnut. <laughs> I'll keep it outside and build a barn and befriend a Polish lady. And I'll basically be Max from two broke girls. Oh, I love the Polish lady. Well, first of all, Kajuski were Polish. And she she played the worst <laughs> Polish person I've ever seen. But anyway, <laughs> Brian, there, awful, there was a it? horse in the show. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so keep me in the loop yeah, yeah. there is a horse in the show because one girl is really rich and she you know she the, the the initial premise being she's lost her money but she still has you know things like her horse and so they have to stable it at her apartment she has her pearls in her horse that's all she's got yep <laughs> so jesse you oh, didn't such a good show it is <laughs> let's just do a, an episode on two broke girls later there you uh, go um J- jessica you uh nigel is the name of your guide dog right but he's not yes. from he's not british but he sounds i like to think that he is he, he, he sounds british we give him directions in a british accent <laughs> <laughs> um so he is from guide dogs for the blind in uh portland oregon um i went to the oregon campus back in 2017 and he's been with my He's been with me ever since. He's just an amazing, perfect guide dog. Um, who better not be amazingly, perfectly chewing things right now? Um, he also you know, runs like a dork. <laughs> he's, he's a sweetheart, and I love him. Um, and he runs like a dork. He does. Yeah, according to all the sighted people that I have, witn- have witnessed him run, they will openly tell us both he runs like, he has a very big and just gangly stride, and apparently he looks very dorky when he runs, but he's so happy. But that's what's funny, is that the second the harness comes off, they turn into crazy, feral children. But right? the second the harness comes on, they're like these polished professionals who can walk you across a highway without blinking oh, an yeah. eye, you know? Like, like I would I'm- never doubt your safety with that funny running dork. Like, because when he has his harness on, he's like, he's a totally different guy. <laughs> It's like Jive, uh, which is Kelsey's service dog. His name is Jive. And, you know, when he's in harness, he's alerting her to sounds since she can't hear and, you know, finding stuff for her that she needs when she can't hear, uh, you know, what she's looking for. And, you know, when he's out of harness, you know, he's running around, jumping on things, making untoward advances all over the cats, you know, stuff like that, like dogs do. <sighs> yeah. No, I had bo- I had a dog and a cat last year. I, uh, I know I get that, but uh, Brian and I both had guide dogs, and they they like to just. I guess I wouldn't call it wrestle. What do they do? They yeah, they, they would just go. They would just go nuts with. We, we'd let them run and let them rip, and they just go nuts. They just frolic, terrible. Yes, frolic exactly. mightily. Frolic. That's what we call it. Whatever whatever jive uh, Kelsey's dog does, we just call it frolicking. We don't know exactly what it is, but it involves a lot of running and flopping and general weird behavior. Yeah, it's another good word that's underused, I think. It's frolic. So. I agree. It is. It is. Frolic. It's, it's descriptive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I've always <laughs> loved watching um, seeing you guys on face my Facebook feed because you guys are, you're very creative. You're very, you're, you guys are always into, you know, learning something new or trying something new or, do, you know, you, you do all these things that you love and it, it shows. And uh, so I always, it's always fun. And, and, and Jessica, I, I remember a lot of your, your sort of uh, narratives when you tell, uh, I'm back on, come back on Facebook and talk about that day with certain transit drivers you, you come across. Oh, oh yeah. Those, those were always great. I miss. <laughs> she always has so many good stories of those. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. I, I wish I missed commuting. I wish I did, but I don't. Mm. <laughs> right. Got some good stories yeah, out of it, but not cr- worth the uh, the hassle of having to do it, maybe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like good narrative fodder, but if we don't have to do it, let's not. 
Yeah, no, I miss she other things. Has, like good word, like good phrasing though. Like good, your your stories on Facebook when you have like an adventure or run in with someone, there's always like some some clever narrative phrasing. I always enjoy. Yeah, well, you're you're both great great writers, and you love to read, and that you know that usually shows in in writing and and storytelling. And um, again, <laughs> there's so many topics I'd like to get to, and we're just doing little bits of each of them. <laughs> For anyone who's just tuning in, we're speaking with Jessica and Zoe Espinoza, two blind siblings from Texas, and we have just about five minutes left. These, these hours will always fly by, and such a great energy and uh, dynamic between the two of you. I can t uh, tell already just from the first you know, only talking to you for under an hour here. So this is great. What's well, a really good final question you can ask because we'll probably pat it out for five minutes. <laughs> Starting with um, Jessica, what would you say you'd want our listeners to know about your sibling, Zoe? But she is just extremely creative. Like anything she turns her hands to turns to gold. She, she, an example would be she picked up a little ocarina flute at a street fair once and just started playing it like she'd been playing it her entire life. She does that with everything. She finds some new creative endeavor and is like, oh, I've been doing this forever and I can do it better than like most people. And you mean this ocarina? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. wow. I still have it. Well, I did see somewhere that so, Zoe plays seven instruments, I think I read somewhere, so... Somewhere You're working on what, like ten? Yeah, maybe more than the uh, more than the article. Something like that. By now, once I once I had the aditz and the uh, accordion, um, yeah, that's probably closer to ten at this point. Ah, the accordion, right? Very underused. Mm -hmm. I have both kinds: the button and the piano. I didn't know there were two kinds. <laughs> yep, uh, there are actually four, but um, that depends on if you consider a difference between unisonoric and bisonoric accordions and the multi-read, like different multi-like read uh, configurations. But yeah. that gets really complicated. Yeah. Carrie, this is the part where you smile and say, yes, that makes sense. Wow, Even though yes. It <laughs> yes, Zoe, go on. <laughs> <laughs> so then let's ask you, Zoe, uh, what, do you, what, what would you want uh, listeners to know? I mean, other than what we've already talked about today, uh, so much fun with you guys. But what would you want them to know about Jessica? I would say if, uh, what I would want them to know about Jessica is like, if, if someone, Jessica is one of these like rare people in the world who, <clears throat> excuse me, Jessica's one of the rare people in the world whose motivations and uh, for her actions are always so genuine and sincere. So, like, for all, the, for all the people in the world who would be listening to this, I would say if Jessica's ever doing a nice thing for you, trust that she's doing it because the joy she gets from doing nice things for people is genuinely satisfaction enough. So many people get anxious when people do favors for them or are nice to them or try to help them out or go above and beyond for them. They're like, Oh, what does this person get out of it? Or what are they going to want from me later or next? I would say like in Jessica, as a friend, you have one of like the most compassionate and like genuinely selfless and giving people that like I have had the privilege to know. And so, yeah, I think like in, in today's world where selflessness is seen as a very rare trait and often even looked down upon because people want to be only out for themselves. I would say, like, if you have Jessica as a friend, you're lucky enough to know, like, one of the, like, few and proud, genuinely, like, good and selfless, like, heartfelt people out there. That would be, that would be what I would have to say. Wow, nice. Uh, through this whole hour, we've heard from both of you, what, when you guys both speak about different things, we obviously hear through some of those, your words, um, what you obviously think of the other. But, you know, it's always good to, I like, we like to sort of, 
ask the direct specific question at some point. I think it's a cool question because it lets you like succinctly in one like phrase say how you feel, you know, what you want to say about your sibling and also like, yeah, like summarize things or summarize things that either that maybe they didn't touch on or things that maybe they don't say enough about themselves that you get to kind of say for them. Yeah. And I'm so glad we met on Facebook. Uh, <clears throat> what is it? Like seven years ago or more? Yeah. Yeah. I it would have been like I 2012 your... or 2013. Yeah. Right? I saw a friendversary pop up and I think, yeah, it was, a, it was a while ago. Uh... It would have been about... Oh my goodness, that would be close to eight years ago, eight to nine years ago at this point. It actually. was eight years ago because we met the because year that I was engaged. I finished, I no, married. I guess it would be eight years yeah. ago because mm-hmm. it was, was it 2013? Yeah, it was right before you got married, Jessica. Like, yes. You were talking about. Oh, so 2014 then, yes? The wedding. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, seven then. Were you married mm-hmm. in 14? I got married in May of 14, yes. 14. So, yeah, so seven years. Wow, that's wild. It was always interesting to me because it, it was like right when I, a, a serious long-term relationship ended for me, right when you got married. So, it was just such a contrast. Like, I was, I remember hearing you talk about your wedding and I was excited for you guys. And you can tell even through Facebook, you're, you know, your family is a very big, su- supportive, loving family. So, I'm sure weddings mm-hmm. are quite the fun uh, time uh so it's just oh, it was nice a bunch of total that. strangers showed up we, uh, ah, no yeah, it was pretty we cool had to, we okay. had to uh my father and uncle and a couple of the groomsmen had to frantically race to heb and get additional cake <laughs> well i i thought about showing up too but it was a long way to go so i thought i'd just say some <laughs> wishes from afar. you would have been welcome we had additional cake for a reason there was cake nice <laughs> well if there's cake i'll probably be I'm so happy, Carrie, that you uh, that you connected with both Jessica and Zoe here, and thanks guys, both of you so much for coming on the show. This has been a lot of fun, and we'd love to have you on again someday. Oh yeah, well, absolutely! Thank thanks for having us. Find us on Twitter at outlookcfb and on Facebook, facebook.com/slash outlook on Radio Western.